Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 5, Episode 243, and I'm your host, Mark Allred, alongside my co-host, Heather Ingerson. What up, Heather? Good morning. Happy Labor Day weekend, my friend. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Three-day weekend, loving it. We're doing this podcast very early because we obviously yeah. have plans, so you with family have fun. members... Yeah, exactly. So it's a little early. We're a little groggy, a little hungover, if you want to throw that one in, too. But, uh, oh, God, I sound like a dirty butt smoker this morning. Like, <laughs> hey, what's up, black and gold hockey podcast? <laughs> but, but we're uh, here. Yeah, exactly. So how's the weekend going so far, Heather? So far, all right. Just, you know, I mean, I know like you do, but worked an insane amount of hours this week. So going to do the best. I, I'm like, power through. Okay. Podcast and cookout. Podcast and cookout. Come <laughs> on, baby. Nine o'clock couldn't come early enough yesterday, but I'm ready to talk some Bruins with my good friend here and do our thing for Sunday, even if it's a little earlier than we're used to. And here we go. I'm going to ready. I'm going to go into crazy Inga mode. I'll get my energy up while you ta- talk to us about our awesome show sponsor. But we do want to say, you know, happy uh, Labor Day weekend to everybody. And please be safe if you're out partying and consuming alcohol. Please uh, find um, other means of transportation besides hopping in your vehicle and driving yourself. Uh, It's not worth uh, hurting yourself or others. So please be uh, party responsible. And uh, with that being said, let's talk about our show sponsor, betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the NFL season. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at betonline.ag. 
Head over to the betonline.ag website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. That's NFL 100. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and we just heard from the awesome show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Please go to them. Check them out. There's golf going on. There's football going on. There's college football. Hockey's coming up. Get in on the action, and uh, please definitely use the promo code. NFL 100, folks. Uh, We'll get you uh, a sweet-ass sign-up bonus, I think, with 100% return, so... Uh, good nice. time to set up an account and uh, get your gamble on. So, all right, let's talk about some Boston Bruins off-season hockey talk. Heather, let's go with the agenda, and what do we have up first? Okay, so before we get into the actual Bruins stuff, we just want to say, oh, welcome home, Jayma. Woo! We love you, man. We're so happy that things are going you know, moving towards good things or whatever, and we just wanted to shout out our love to you, Jayma. Jared. Yes, the uh, Jared Martin is the co-host of the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast, and they are on the uh, BlackGoHockey.com um, podcast network. And uh, Jay Ma has been um, a little down uh, health-wise, but he's been in the hospital. But very, very happy to report that he is out. And he tweeted uh, that he's alive, which is awesome. Uh, you know, he's he that he's home, so uh, th- that's a good step forward for him. And his family, and uh, I've been thinking about that little bastard for a long time, and and you know, just the uh, the most positive um, that I could be because he's like a seriously, he's like a little brother, you know what I mean? So um, I just want to make sure that we shouted him out and uh, continued health to him um, yep. in moving forward. Always sending love your way, even if you don't know it. Remember that. Okay, exactly. Yeah, just wanted to say that. And um, we also wanted to mention congratulations to Patrick Donnelly on his new gig for Bruins, recovering the Bruins on NHL.com. And that is really awesome. So lots of luck from the Black and Gold family. Uh, we expect great things. You're, still, you're almost done with BU and you just keep trucking, Cave. Things are looking good. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, this kid just got a... a, a a great career ahead of him. Like you said, he's going to graduate in 2022 and uh, already getting a job as the uh, Bruins correspondent for NHL.com. And, uh, you know, obviously congratulations to, to Patrick Donnelly, but the really cool part about that. And, and um, it, it's just that he started with us at black and gold hockey.com. And yeah. I think before college and went through all three years. So he's been with us for several years and uh, getting this opportunity um, to showcase uh, his work on our platform was awesome. And um, so uh, Pat uh, reached out uh, earlier this summer and said that he unfortunately was not able to continue with us, which is fine. And, you know, that's the type of type of person that I really enjoy having as a team member is somebody that I trained or we trained 
and um and work with us for several years it's not like you train somebody and then all of a sudden a month later i have no interest this was a guy that was like in the grind and and actually did a lot of good work and and his work is paying off now because of of this uh this recent job that he got with nhl.com covering the boston Bruins. so a huge shout out to patrick donnelly and um i can't wait to read and share his work because uh he's an amazing person and um and uh i wish him nothing but the best but really cool that you know that somebody that worked with us for several years got to this level um you know going through our platform so it's awesome and this is this is the type of things that we love to see and we want to encourage people to if you have a, an opinion and you can write and, and you can podcast reach out reach out at black and gold uh productions llc at gmail.com and send me a cover letter or 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 you know, whatever. Just let me know if you want to be a part of this team. We'll we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do in getting you um, a seat at the table, either with an audio podcast or or in written form. We're looking for more members to join the team. Uh, we have a great group of people here, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. And and these are the types of opportunities. I'm not saying everybody's going to get a chance to work for NHL.com, but there's a small opportunity that you will get scouted out from working here and 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 to get an opportunity like uh, Patrick did. Well, I was going to say, and Patrick, especially if you're someone like Patrick, he's a person who's very passionate about what he does and works his butt off. He wants to get better and grow. He, you know, like I'm, it is, it makes you pride, prideful a little that like, you know, one of his resume builders going through, you know, college and moving on and to get, like you said, the exposure and the experience and stuff was coming through BNG, but if you have passion and you have drive and like, you're serious about it, like anybody can write about sports or whatever, but there's a difference between someone who's like a, 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 and I don't want to offend anybody out there, but like, there's a difference between a journalist and then someone like me who, even though I know something, I'm not, I'm just a person with an opinion, you know? And so if you really do have the drive, not just this site, but there are ways, it's fun to see this generation that was raised in digital media kind of come of age and really, grow themselves and hopefully bring sports journalism back to sports journalism. Not that there aren't real journalists out there, but there's also a lot of like, I think I'm a journalist. I happen to have credentials versus like someone you take seriously as a person, you know, it's like a Dan rather versus Joe Smo on the local news or whatever kind of thing, you know? So I don't know. I'm just proud. And uh, because it shows you like no one hands you anything in life. Like he earned this through work, hard work and dedication. So that being said, like you said, if there are people out there, you know, like this, then not like, Oh, because we're so great, but because this, if you're serious, you can build your work, you know what I mean? And you can, yep. cause really people, I think that are really, really into the, you know, going into sports media, things like that, that, they want every opportunity they can. Like this is their passion and they want to write well and they want to represent well and they want facts right and they want this. And congratulations, Patrick, because this is just the first step. You know, like this is a step going to NHL.com is the next step and what is probably going to be an excellent career. I can't wait to see your name somewhere even bigger, you know, sometimes. So, all right. All right. So let's move on. Also, I just wanted to mention, apparently it's Craig Smith's birthday today. Sorry, Miss Hannah had tweeted it early and you know she knows when the birthdays are. So real <laughs> quick, happy birthday, Smitty, uh, out there. And Paul, we did not forget your question. It's just I really have worked an insane amount of hours this week and could not look at even make an intelligent decision of what I might want my 
roster I, to look like. I have something up, so we'll get to it when when the uh, it comes up. So is that yeah. is that the topic right now? No, it's not. I just wanted to apologize before we get to it that I promise right. next week I will be more than happy to let you know. And today I'll just have to bounce off a of mark because I didn't get to do my do- due diligence. All right, good things are happening. Uh, Chris Wagner, Mayor Walpole, no matter how you feel about him, local kid, married uh, his girlfriend last weekend. So congratulations to Kate and Chris, Mrs. Mayor of Walpole, I guess. Uh, And so congratulations. I don't know. I know it was coming up. There were a lot of weddings and stuff all happening this summer. And last week I had mentioned it, but I couldn't remember when it was. But apparently it was happening when we were talking about it. So congratulations, Mayor. Yeah. Um, Chris Wagner. Um, yeah, congratulations to him. Um, it's, it's really cool to hear, uh, his story, you know, uh, being a new England kid and, uh, and living the dream playing for the Boston Bruins, even though that, you know, he's had some, some down years recently. We'll, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that later on when we talk about the lineup that, uh, Paul Bannister, uh, mentioned who we, who our lineups would be for the upcoming season. But, you know, it's really cool that, you know, things like this are happening in life. You know, you, you know, you, you, you marry your best friend basically. And, and, and you're basically living the dream as a, as a Boston kid, New England kid. So it's really, it's really comforting to, uh, to know that there's happiness out there, even though that. Yeah. Life goes on. Yep. Yeah. That's why I always like to mention the moments like that, because it's like, first they are people and I'm happy that they get to, because there were a lot of people who had to postpone their weddings or whatever, this and that, not just players, but you know, generally the world. And it's just happy to see happy pictures of like, yay, I married a <laughs> person that I decided to spend the next 80 years with. <laughs> they look like a lovely couple, but on the flip side, poor Connor Clifton came down with COVID while he's on his vacation and his wife's going to definitely hold that over his head for the next 60 years, 80 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm fortunate for Connor Clifton that, you know, during the, the honeymoon, he comes down with COVID. Um, so um, best of luck to him moving forward. And we haven't heard any updates since then. Um, but uh, this is a kind of concerning moving forward for me. It's, it's, you know, numbers are rising and so on. And, I know that humanity always takes the front seat over sports and, and our, you know, our pleasure, put it that way. But you know, this is a serious thing that is, is, is you know, reaping its head again. And uh, hopefully it doesn't do anything that's going to impede the upcoming season. But like I said, obviously, it is um, humanity first and then sports second. But I just, I, I don't know. I just get a really bad feeling that this is going to be, um, somewhat compromised somehow. I don't know. I hate saying it. I really do. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer of the 2020, uh, the 21, 22 campaign, but I don't know what, I don't know what we can do. I'm not a scientist. I'm not fully, pre, you know, in, you know, involved in the news and everything about this, but it's just, um, things are, things are not progressing forward, um, uh, with the, um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on, on, on everything right now, to be honest. I think that the NHL of the sporting leagues have kind of proven their formulas have worked the best besides the Vancouver situation. I, that was on Vancouver though. I don't think the league, I think the league had things in place and when the team doesn't 
follow said guidelines probably like they should have. And I'm not blaming, I don't really know. But when you have that many people on a team break out like that, that's a lot of protocol not being followed there because the whole protocol system is designed to not spread it to everybody. You know, there were a couple teams last year. It is scary with the Delta variant, but most people, I think, uh, fans, players, whatever, the world is as much as possible. I, I am... It is weird to me that in a first world country that has access to be able to help curb it better, more people don't. But I also respect people's rights too. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that being said, I also think the NHL, we'll talk about it a little later, is not fucking around about unvaccinated players. Okay, yeah. we're not going to mandate you to get vaccinated, but just so you know, you know, whatever. Um, but I think. I'm not worried about the season being compromised. What I'm more now, as much as I want us to go to the Olympics, that is one of the things that makes me nervous. Like I think I said to you the other night, like poor Connor Clifton and them, he's probably vaccinated. They probably had their wedding. Everyone there is probably back, back, whatever they did, you know what I mean? And then they went through the airport or whatever. Whereas the biggest germiest place, those are the kind of places, you know, hotels, things. So we'll be optimistic, but as long as they don't handle things the way the, Major League Baseball has the last couple of years. I can't can't at all. So uh, anyways, we really, but in the end game, we just want Connor Clifton to be healthy. Hopefully, you know, he's a young, healthy athlete. And he, if he is vaccinated, hopefully there won't be a lot of long-term effect from it. uh, Besides his wife being on his ass (laughs) about how this happened on the honeymoon. And maybe they can reschedge for next off season. Um, What the heck is going on here? Um, oh yeah, I, so I saw on fantasy hockey, NHL fantasy on ice, they had, were talking about like sleeper players, this and that. And one of the people they mentioned was Alaric, like on people who have switched teams mentioned, uh, old Mark, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying last week. And we had just mentioned that, or at least I did. So either they listened to us or I had something going in my brain that might be on the right path. Uh, that's for like, if you're a fantasy hockey player or whatever, talks about keeper leagues and stuff. If you're into that, I don't have the brain capacity currently for that, but I just wanted to mention it not to say, Oh, I'm so smart, but maybe I am onto something about all Mark. And like I said, when you're all giving him your seventh player award next year, remember this guy said it first. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely making news, not only, not only on the uh, NHL fantasy podcast, which is a fantastic program. Um, but on, on, other um, media outlets, uh, there's a lot of people that are talking about Allmark and and how much of a difference he could make uh, to this goaltending tandem in the NHL. Um, you know, with with you know starting off with Jeremy Swayman, and we'll see what happens with Tuukka Rask and so on. Um, I'm optimistic on that whole thing too. But um, no, I mean, I really like what what. Bob Asenza and Mike Dunham have done recently with goaltenders, whether they're a prospect or a seasoned veteran, there's something to be said about how these guys relay systems to goaltenders these days. It is, it is a much better system than it was in the past. And I know I've mentioned several times about how these two work together and, and seemingly change the way um things are, are, are taught in the, when it concerning the crease so um i i i think that and, and obviously all my coming from buffalo you're gonna see a better structured defense better team environment that that dumpster fire that's rolling down the river in, in buffalo you know so 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, let's just say that, I mean, he's, he stays healthy, obviously, because he does have some in, uh, injury issues of the past. But if he stays healthy, I, I could literally see him as a top five goaltender in the league. And, and that's outstanding. You know, that'd be freaking really good. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want to come out and, and shit your pants when you just signed a $20 million, you know, four year deal. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, uh, this tandem that's coming up, whether, regardless of who's in net behind him, but I think it's going to be a good year for him. Uh, you know, obviously a career year and, um, you know, any, any season out of Buffalo is going to be a positive one. <laughs> well, I keep thinking you don't. I, I mean, I don't know what media is like in Buffalo. Okay, they they have two sports teams, and they love them both. Even though they've at times, especially hockey, the last I can't imagine being a Buffalo Sabres fan in the last like decade, like half a decade at least. You know, whatever. But Boston is a special beast. It's one of those cities that like this. We are obsessed with sports from freaking little league through every. D4 college team or whatever. I'm wondering if we can, if they can keep him in a bubble to the point, like they get him not sucked into the vortex. That's going to be Swayman, Rask, this, that, like, you know what I mean? Like he has stepped in with a good paycheck into what I'm not sure he knows is going to be a very crazy media goalie three-way fight happening. And if they can do that, I think he'll be all right because he seems like he's a, you know, he's a comfortable goaltender. He's not like a pan, you know, you can get it past him, but also he has a different defense in front of him. That being said, we don't know how defense will quite shake out, but I mean, it can't be worse than it was in Buffalo. Right. And he did all right there. So, but that's all I can think is if he, they, as long as he doesn't let the Boston media, like, don't let him listen to 98.5. Okay. Just don't <laughs> let him listen to that. He'll want to like, He'll be like, please trade me back to Buffalo. You know, Jesus. How about we'll give you Allmark, the reverse dumpster fire, and whoever, (laughs) and we'll take Eichel. (laughs) Just no, but um, I'm just joking. I but I am serious though, like about the like. I hope people give him a heads up about the like how to handle media. There's like the media, then there's the talk radio, then there's the fans on Twitter. Like you need just media and fans hate goaltenders in boston I, i'm telling you it's so median fans hate everybody in boston it's like the thing <laughs> i'm serious i'm not freaking kidding heather you know once have once like jeremy swayman has a bad game there's gonna be two or three freaking idiots out there they're gonna say oh i told you he was a waste at, at, at the fourth round pick in 2000 freaking 18 whatever he was selected so you know that there's gonna be some idiot out there that says don sweeney doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> Well, these are the same people who have seen him play like nine NHL games and think he's ready to be the starter. I'm like, and maybe he is ready to be the starter. Maybe in the end, we should have just let Jeremy swim. But I just don't like a kid as confident and calm as him. Why rush him? He's comfortable. He's good. For the calm, cool and collective fans. We just that's too small of a sample size for me to really latch on and say, let it ride. Yeah, you know, and obviously the freaking Boston Bruins organization thought the same when they went out and signed Olmark for four years at twenty million dollars. So it's, you know, I, I think the Olmark thing was more of a less a, a very very good emergency thing um, to see what uh, Sway can actually do in the next couple of years. So I mean, it's not a bad thing. So 
it was a good buffer for him because it allows him room. Say him and Allmark split the games, right? Say they go like a the way Tuka and Halak do, which I think that tandems have to work out their own balance. It can't just be like, you know, one formula for now that we live in the era of goalie well, that's tandems. that's a true 1A, 1B. And I do believe you ride your hot goaltender. I don't care which goaltender it is. Like you, why? Um, Josie Theodore was saying that. Did you listen to that spit and chicklets? And he did. was saying, like, no, why no, would no, you no. put him in when he had, you know, like that? That's weird to me. Yeah. But I also think that it's good for Jeremy Swayman to have Allmark because it takes the pressure off. So you're allowed to not have a good game. You don't have just everything put on you from the start. So if he is going to actually play the NHL this year, which is what it obviously seems like is happening. He doesn't have to be the Tuka Rask or the whatever, because as much as everybody blah, 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 Tuka Rask, everybody like, you're no Tuka Rask. That's what will be the narrative. Like, all Mark's no Tuka Rask. <laughs> like Swayman. But here's a tip. Swayman will lose games. He's going to win a lot of games, and he's going to lose a lot of games, because that's what happens. You win and you lose games. Just stop going either way. Like, stop. It's like... We're going to die if he's not the starting goal. Like, no, he might yeah. not be the best option. And like you said, and the Bruins themselves are like, yeah, you know what? But what we kind of need is just kind of a steady, will be solid enough goaltender in all mark, you know? The, the world's going to end, folks. Are, are, are absolutely fun to watch on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. I feel sometimes inside the world's going to end, but I don't feel the need to tweet about it all the time. Right. <laughs> Never. When Tory Crew was gone, then I really had to just let it out oh, into yeah. the emotional universe. But I got over it. I tried to control it after the crazy thing. Actually, yeah, you definitely, you definitely joined Twitter at the right time. It was post Tory Krug. <laughs> no, actually, it was before the Tory. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Shit, I'm sorry. You don't even. You don't even know when I joined. Twitter. I don't know That's my co-host right. looking Twitter freaking. You know. All right. All right. Going? Um, oh, I was just going to say, um, I'm sorry, Steve, for calling you McCarran last week. I don't know why I called you McCarran eight times. I know it's McEachern. I don't know why I said McCarran. I don't know why after the first time I said it, which can happen in my stupid that brain. That was funny when you called I didn't off. correct myself. <laughs> and I know that you're like laughing about it, but that annoys me. I'd also like to say, if we're going to talk about the Twitter thread of how, ha, ha, ha. I was like, what? I did what? And then I heard, I was like, oh my God, I did it like five times. What is wrong with me? <laughs> but I never said I am an expert on names, Mark. I said, I say them better than you. And you <laughs> never once said to me, why are you calling him McCarran? I'm not. So, well, listen. In my defense, you never were like, McCarran? Who the hell Steve McCarran? <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I just wanted to say, sorry, Steve. Okay, that's it. Moving on. Okay. Um. So the prospects are going to go out for the prospect challenge in Buffalo. That's going to be the 17th through the 19th. We haven't actually seen training camp dates, but we kind of deduce that it's probably that week. It probably starts not this week. Like they'll trickle in going in towards next week because the prospects will come. They'll compete. They'll send them off to Buffalo. They'll come back and finish up camp with everyone before we have our first uh, preseason game on the 25th. It's getting closer. It's like you can almost smell it. We're in the same month. Oh, it's the first man. preseason game, which isn't quite the real first game, but there'll be hockey. Let It'll me go to like my T Zero app, and I have uh, on this Sunday morning. We have forty-one days, nine hours, twenty-eight minutes, and forty seconds left to go before the Boston Bruins season starts. But obviously, there are some uh, preseason activities that are going on for the Boston Bruins organization, and uh, as you mentioned, the prospect challenge is something that it. Well, it, I mean, before the COVID times. 
uh, was an annual thing with four teams. Um, it was Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh has pulled out of this year's uh, competition, so it doesn't seem like there's going to be another team involved. But it is a round-robin tournament, so you can work it with three teams. Uh, so that's going to be exciting to see. Um, I'm look, really looking forward to uh, the prospects that will be in attendance. I don't believe that any of the college kids like John Beecher or or anybody else that is currently in the NCAA uh, under a scholarship will be in attendance because that is against the rules. Um, but um, I'm looking forward to Fabian LaSalle um, and, and his step forward in this Boston Bruins organization as a first round uh, selection in 2021. So, um, and I'm really excited what uh, a, a coach like um, Ryan Mujanel is going to do uh, with him because uh, in his interview, he mentioned that we're going to go uh, step by step with where Fabian's going to land. Either it, it, it will be with the uh, WHL uh, Vancouver Giants or um, a first year in the American Hockey League. So, that's going to be really interesting to see uh, him play. The kid's a dynamic player, really fast. I'm actually writing an article about where he could end up at blackgoldhockey.com, so be on the uh, lookout for that in the next uh, day or two, even probably today. I want to finish it up. So, um, But, no, there's a lot of, lot of good things that are uh, coming up, and obviously uh, NHL training camp. Um, so uh, I hope to be in attendance for at least one day of training camp. We should make a, we should make a date and, um, and go together and just uh, go check it out, you know? So we'll see if we ever know the actual date dates. <laughs> no, I know. I know. That's, that's the tough part about everything that's going on is, is scheduling and so on. And, and when release dates are going to happen and, you know, if, if people are going to be allowed in the, in the uh, arena and if you have to have a, a card and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, that will remain. To well, be I'm not seen. worried about that. I got my card and I got a yeah. mask. So if yeah. they let me in the building, we might be exactly, exactly. So obviously, we'll do whatever the uh, the Warrior Ice Arena uh, expects of their visitors, and mm -hmm. you know, and do it uh, appropriately. So you know, keep, try to do our part to keep everybody safe, but also stay within the contrast of the rules of um, you know CDC uh, requirements or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think the prospect thing is always interesting because it's like they come to camp, you kind of see what they, cause you see them at their development camp or whatever. Most usually you see most of them. And then you see them against, like I said, after like, wait until you see them against the regulars. So before you want to replace Chris Wagner with so-and-so let's wait, everybody get on the ice so we can see. Cause then I'm all for keeping who the best people are, you know, when Cassidy does the best roster, but I like that they come in, then you see him with the big boys that already have been around, you know, even the people on the Providence Bruins like that, we aren't really prospects anymore. You know what I mean? But they're not NHL regulars yet. Then you send them out, see them against their peer group. You know what I mean? With some teams that you're going to see a few times at least. And then they come back to finish it up, you know, it's usually a shot in the dark, obviously, for these young kids, but I think it's a good opportunity. Uh, it's a good um, experience for them to, you know, attend the training camp, go against their peers and see kind of how even you see how the other um, systems are working their prospects, you know, and get a glimpse into that and what's coming down the pipeline and other people's systems, if you're not aware already. But I just I like the contrast of like you saw them by themselves. You'll see them with the big crew. 
you'll see them against their peers, some from other teams, and then come back into the fold. And some of them will go off to somewhere they're already signed. Some of them will stick around, maybe be in the HL. I don't know. But I just, I like see these, these are how I like seeing the young kids. Like, I don't need to watch 355, 79 OHL. I like seeing them in this situation. Where are they developing? Because this is how you see really where they are developmentally towards NHL careers. That's just all it. That's why I get excited for this. But if we can get to camp, that would be awesome. I usually get to go at least one time a year. But like you said, we don't know the rules and regulations. And I hope they hurry up and say because I really would like to talk to my work about that if it's possible. All right. Anyways, that being said, you better get your mask ready because if to you want to go to the Bruins and the Celtics or whoever TD Garden is requiring, uh, you know, concerts, whatever you want to do, that you must wear your mask inside the building. So if you are not someone who wants to wear, I don't want to say an anti-masker, but if you're someone who doesn't want to wear a mask or feels that would be an uncomfortable environment, I'm pretty sure they're not going around <laughs> that that's yeah. going to happen. So vaccinated or not, um, I understand that makes some people who are vaccinated yeah. upset because they are like, oh, that's the whole reason I got vaccinated. But like Mark pointed out with all the variants and all the craziness and a yeah. little update, glad this, this month and I mean, this week in Massachusetts, cases actually started going back down a little, which is good because you're going to have flare-ups. It's not going away. It's a disease that we'll all live with now. Definitely. I mean, definitely. If you freaking, you know, shelled out a couple hundred dollars on tickets, please be aware what's going on um, with this whole thing. Because if you don't provide the adequate information, they're not going to let you in. And mm -hmm. basically, you wasted uh, a couple hundred dollars in, uh, in, ticket, in ticket sales. So... Uh, yeah, be, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it, it sucks. It's 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 just another speed bump in life that we're going through right now with this stupid pandemic. And and but please be aware that you know don't waste your money and and do the appropriate things that need to be done. But also, you know, it's it's still a good option that we're able as as humans to go in and and still be in these um, environments. When we when we are you know talking about our favorite sport and so on, but also, you know, just gonna do it safely. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention. In case you're interested, and in maybe sometimes I know they stream those games. I don't know how Mark. I'm sure if he finds out, we'll tell everybody. The prospect challenge. Yeah, we play Buffalo on the 18th and we play New Jersey on the 19th. So it's like a one o'clock and a five o'clock game or something like that. I, I Sorry, I forgot to mention that. But yeah, like Mark said, read the fine print. You don't want to be out 600 stupid dollars. Have you seen some of the prices at like Yankee Stadium and stuff for like a beer, this and that? Like, Jesus, you can't make up all your pandemic money in one damn year, sports. <laughs> like, give it to the customer. So so I I am not um, one of of baseball fan, but how much yeah. is a beer at Yankee Stadium? I don't know. There was someone posted one like last week or something. It was like a fifteen dollar like whatever thing. It was like oh my god, like people <sighs> eat before you go. This is why <laughs> I this is why I chug beer at halftime pizza before I go in, so I don't need to buy that much beer once I'm inside. What's that? Oh. Shout out halftime, no free ads. <laughs> Sorry, no free ads, but <laughs> when you're when you're rushing and you're like, shit, I got to eat and have a drink before I get there. But anyways, just wanted to mention that. Get your mask ready because that, like Mark said, they're not going to let you in. And if you make a stink about it, they're probably going to have a Boston police officer uh, escort you to a 
facility where you can have a more calm conversation about the whole situation. Um, Prospect Brett Harrison uh, was named assistant captain of the Oshawa Generals, which is an esteemed team, obviously, in the OHL. So congratulations to Brett Harrison. Mark, uh, your thoughts on that? You had seen it and uh, sent it over to me as something to bring up, besides obviously we're saying congratulations. But uh, do you know, like, that's an honor. He must have some good qualities to, you know, when you get appointed a captaincy. There are qualities about you, your leadership qualities or whatever that warrant it. So that's that to me is the impressive thing, you know, that there's something about this young man that the team, his mates and whoever yep. really it's, see in him. It, uh, it's definitely something that um, is is good for a player like him. Brett's a, a very interesting uh, person. Um, I. I believe he was a, a Bruins fan uh, from a long for a long time, even as a young kid. So this is not, you know, but the Boston organization isn't uh, something new for him uh, as he's growing up into it. But um, you know, p- playing the OHL is a one of the the best North American leagues uh, for development. And uh, when you get the honor of even as as an assistant, it's it's still uh, high praise from your from your teammates that uh, believe in you and believe in your voice in, in the room and, and on the ice where, when situations happen, when you need to, uh, you know, be that type of um, uh, voice, uh, you know, when you're, when you're talking to officiating and, and coaching and so on. So um, it's, it's really good for him. It's, it, that's just a, a just a, a resume builder for a, a positive hockey career, I believe, you know, and I'm looking forward to watching Brett uh, play for the Oshawa generals. Um, you know, it's a team that I've 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 been accustomed to watch a lot lately, um, with uh, Bruins prospect Kyle Kaiser, the goaltender, and Jackson Nika, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those franchises that uh, have been um, you know around forever. So, and obviously, you know, Bobby Orr back in the day, I didn't get to watch. That, Mark Savard was an Oshawa general. Mark Savard, yeah, I mean, you know, so many so many uh, former Boston Bruins have gone through the OHL, particularly and, the uh, the Generals team. A lot. That's good. I mean, the, it's like weird when you say it out loud about like Lee, you know, things like that. You're like, wow, there's been some really uh, important players that have come through some of these systems, you know. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, it's a lot different in Brett Harrison's world than it was in Bobby Orr's world or whatever, but still the tradition and it's been a coveted league for a long time and it's always good play. But congratulations to Brett. Uh, all right. So you had brought this up, um, Thomas Hurdle. Yeah. Maybe a viable option for the Bruins to replace or to acquire to replace David Krejci. So I, like I said, I know you got some stuff written down, so I'm going to let you run on this and we'll discuss after. So yeah, Thomas Hurdle, tell us about it. San Jose shock. Well, I, I, I forgot to go on puckpedia.com and, and actually get numbers of, um, of uh, this particular player, and I'm actually going there right now. Um, but uh, Hurdles, uh, 6'2", 215 pounds, yeah, center, uh, and possibly could be like the replacement that this Boston Bruins team needs uh, for David Krejci at second-line center. And um, a possible option for a trade if uh, Charlie Coyle is not cutting it. So there's three ways that, in my opinion, that could 
the Boston Bruins could land a player like Thomas Hurdle, who's who's very good offensively and defensively. So pretty much you're going to have, you know, a Bergeron at the top line for at least the next season. Remains to be seen if he's going to, um, you know, be retained after that, if he wants to play, who knows. But a player like Thomas Hurdle on your, as your second line center is not a bad idea. Uh, he's 27 years old. He was born in Praha, Czech Republic, um, and, you know, former Boston Bruins goaltender Dan Vladar was also born in Praha. And uh, hopefully I'm saying that right because I'm not yeah. the, uh, you know, uh, I believe that's I'm just that guy. I believe that's just Prague and Czech, but don't quote me on that. No, it's P-R-A-H-A. I know yeah. what Prague is. I know, but okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, so he was drafted by the San Jose Sharks in the first round, 17th overall in 2012. Uh, last season at 50 games played, he had 19 goals, 24 assists, 43 points. And his career numbers are uh, 151 goals, 172 assists, 323 points in 503 games played. His best career season was 2018-19 when he scored 35 goals, 39 assists, and 74 points in 77 games. So this is the interesting thing about Thomas Hurdle is he does have one full season coming up. So it's not going to be – San Jose is one of the teams that are definitely going to be rebuilding. And um, I don't see – I don't see them um, being very good in goal. I don't think they made any good additions in the crease this year. Um, you, you lost Martin Jones to Philadelphia via free agency. It, that It is what it is. But I don't see anybody that's going to be stepping up in the crease anytime soon. So, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of weird when you think about the package the other way for me is if a team that needs goaltending is going to want goaltending. So, um, I wouldn't be shocked to hear if a Ron Wilson, the GM, uh, who's uh, who done, I don't know, kind of a terrible job in my opinion. But uh, anyway, yeah. I, I, it wouldn't be out of the realm of ideas for Ron Wilson to say, listen, we'll give you Hurdle and you give us a first round pick and Jeremy Swimming. You know, I mean, that's that's the type of thing that might that might garner a trade like that. And, and obviously, I wouldn't want to give up on Jace Way because uh, that he is the future of he is the future. But you know, I want to I want this Boston Bruins team to build, and I want them to to continue to work with with Jace Way because I believe in this kid. But you know, obviously, I'm not saying that he's the savior of the franchise and this and that yet. But I also don't want to give up on him yet, quite yet. Okay, first of all, I don't care what Ron Wilson wants. First of all, why do you still have a job? You had. This organization should have won a Stanley Cup in the last 15 years, at least one Stanley Cup. And they just, you know, like, and I'm not saying that's all your fault. I'm just saying you have not proven, at least in the last five years, that you're that good of a GM or whatever. And need to, all right. I like Thomas Hurdle just fine, but Thomas Hurdle makes $5 million plus a year. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think just just because Ron Wilson created a dumpster fire on an other with cap space and whatever else issues, you created that. The league, it wasn't the COVID, it wasn't whatever. You fucked yourself just like Toronto did when you decided to put 
60% of your salary into four players or whatever it was. For you guys, it was on the defensive end. For Toronto, it's their offense they're paying too much for, you know, whatever. So the ball is not in Ron Wilson's court. He can want whatever he wants, but he's more desperate than Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney's got two goalies and maybe a Tuka Rask. What the hell does he care what Ron Wilson wants, right? So if you're going to try to poach Swayman, it's going to take more than a Thomas Hurdle. Even if that is one of your best players on your team, we have a team full of people who can do Thomas Hurdle's job too. And we just signed all these people. So I think I had said to you the other day, if we go back, it's not going to be Swayman or whatever going this way. It's going to be packaged with maybe Jake DeBrusque or something like that. And one of these people we just signed to a cap-friendly $3 million for three-year deal. Because if you bring in Thomas Hurdle, why the hell did we sign Felino and Halla and like, you know, like we signed four whatever forwards at different levels of who might actually be in the lineup, obviously. But like we went out and got more forwards. So for me, Ron Wilson can want Jeremy Swayman because he needs a goaltender all he wants, but he might end up with a Jacob Zaboral and a fucking Eric Halla. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think it'd be Halla because I think where he knows some of the other players. You, I, like I said to you, when they sign them, some of these other players have played together, which is always good to not have four total strangers walking in. At least there's some people who are in there. But yeah, uh, I don't think that's happening. Again, not because I don't like Thomas Hartle. I think he's a good player or whatever. He'd probably be a lot happier if he was playing in Boston too. Well, here's the thing. That it's it's, the it's thing. Is, yeah, it, it, yeah, the, the cap is always going to be the the gravitating area when, when fans think about or us, when we think about uh, any trades that happen, because you have um, a little over $1, uh, $1 million in, in salary cap space to, to work with. So that doesn't necessarily work with a five million, a $5.6 million player as hurdle is. So you're going to have to move a, a piece off of your roster a to chunk. make this happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, is freaking... It, I, I guess what I heard, and I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but I guess what I heard is he's not happy with the way that the organization is working out and possibly another benefiting factor of what's going on with Evander Kane and all his stuff that's going on. I mean, even a coach, even a coach said that he's done. And, um, and I think be. we talked about that. That uh, I think that the San Jose Sharks still want to work with Evander Kane as a player and so on, keep him in the organization, and obviously this is sending a little bit of turmoil throughout that 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 roster right now with with players and staff, organizational staff that are unhappy with this decision. So, um, is San Jose the type of team that's going to want to retain salary on on anything like that? I doubt it. They're going to want to get as much as they can for a, a guy like Thomas Hurdle, which would probably be a first round, a prospect and a, and a roster player. So there's a lot of logistics that you have to think about when, when considering that's not like enough. That. That's not enough for me. Like I said, at this point, you have to let it see how it shakes out at camp. What do you have now that you've put these new pieces in or whatever? Maybe trade deadline we're talking, you know what I mean? And well, like I yes, said, I understand we'll miss out on because you know he's gonna move hurdle. He has to move all the big people. That's why he didn't they didn't re-sign Thornton and let him go off into the sunset and sign somewhere else because he was older. And where every other team would give you a million dollars to stay here, captain of our team for two decades or whatever. Not this dude. He's like 
I need that million dollars or whatever, because I decided to pay Eric Carlson three bazillion dollars a year or whatever. It's yeah. 11 something, but you know what I mean? Uh, but- only to have it not be worth it. And that's what I'm afraid is like, we can't give up another first round. We finally got our first round picks back. Like We can't yeah. just start pissing them away and handing them out right now. And we have enough to be a functioning team and probably a pretty good team once it's all said and done. I don't know what? if we're making a cup run. I always cross my fingers, but that's what the trade deadline's for. <laughs> like I like I said when we first started this topic, this like there's a couple of avenues that the Boston Bruins can explore when trying to acquire a player like Thomas Hurdle. And that's obviously trade anytime during the year before the trade deadline, obviously. Yeah. But there's also another one that says, you know, if you can squeak by this year, you can honestly make him a high priority the following summer in free agency as he's going to be a UFA. So, and he plays, uh, he's got a modified no trade. So that's going to be um, thought of as well. And also he plays the uh, the center position and the right side. So he's a versatile forward that the Boston Bruins obviously love um, when trying to shift um, players around to make positive changes on the fly. So, I mean, he's – I'd love to see it happen, but I would I, – I just – the package going the other way is just got to be, um, you know, managed. Uh, I'm probably not going to use the word right – equivalently. So – Equitably, yeah, like I'm not the word, right? You know, I'm not the word. Guy. I'm like, now you threw me <laughs> off. I'm like, what is that word? You're right, that's not quite it. Um, but uh, so yeah, my thing is, it's not, I don't know if it's worth a, it, should be the other way. Like, we should be trying to milk Ron Wilson for as much as we can fucking get out of him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we've traded great players for bags of fucking pucks. Maybe it's time yeah. someone trades us a good player for five fucking add up to be his salary kind of player, you know? it. I don't know. I do think, though, at this point, the Bruins, because this is just how they are, they'd made their moves. They know what they saw. Someone drove by TD Garden's grandmother's house was in the backyard in Charleston or whatever. And so they have to be a Bruin kind of thing and this and that. We're going to shake it out. But what they need to do is shake it out and really take a look. I understand you love some players. There are some players I love. Like, again, I'll bring up Chris Wagner. I love Chris Wagner. But if someone else is going to do it better than him, then someone else needs to do it better than him. Or if he seems to be bounced back and do what he should be doing in his role, let it be. But until we see all of this on the ice, I don't think Don Sweeney is doing anything else. Now, they might get out of camp and be like, oh, shit, maybe we do need to put a trade in place. But that's just me. I don't I don't as lovely as the Thomas Hurdle dream is and way more realistic than the Jack Eichel or the David Krejci's coming back for the playoffs dream is like a five on the dream scale for me of practicality. Cause I'm not giving Ron Wilson crap. I, I, and I don't think Don Sweeney will either. Like that's the other thing with Don Sweeney drives me nuts. You're one of the most powerful GMs in this league. And I understand they're all equal, but we all know that's not true. The original six GMs have more power than the other ones. Use it right. <laughs> Fucking put the screw on someone else. One of these times, make them give, how about you give us Thomas hurdle and your first round pick. Then maybe yeah. we'll talk about giving you Jeremy. Swinger. Like an office sheet. 
Yeah. Oh, but we'll take your first, second, third, and seventh round pick because yeah. we like picking in the seventh round. Not, not to go <laughs> off the rails here, but an off sheet was uh, followed through with recently. Casper uh, uh, Kokaniemi uh, is now, yeah. is now a member of the Colo- um, Colorado Carolina Columbus. Hurricanes. Yeah, and, um, that was the first successful office sheet since I believe 2007 when Dustin Penner um, signed. Well, I'm not I sure don't, what team. Yeah. I don't know why I just said Columbus because I definitely know. I was thinking Carolina. But that yeah. is the best. So I have never – this is like when you break up with your ex and then end up dating – their best friend kind of shit because there was the offer sheet fired across the bow a couple years ago. Right. Oh yeah. And Carolina reciprocated only like you said, offer sheets never actually work out. And Sebastian Ajo was, it was the player. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame Montreal. That would have been a great addition to, you know what I mean? Like having there, but uh, still like we talk about, there's the gentlemanly things you don't do in sports. Like, you know what I mean? And in hockey, it's, you don't put offer sheets out only this year. We're learning that these kids, they just want their money. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to sign their offer sheet. I want you to give me the money I'm asking for and I'll be more than happy to stay here. Yeah. That was, Oh God. That's like a sports drama right there. <laughs> Love it. And when it's not sports drama, folks, is um, I just got followed by Colleen Coyne, NHL, NWHL, Boston Pride, yeah. 1998 Olympic gold medalist, and a North Reading, Massachusetts native. So I'm kind of pumped about that. Yeah. Guys Thanks did for awesome. the follow, Colleen. <laughs> You're like, I am honored. No, I love that shit, man. Yeah, I know. She's awesome. All right. I guess before we do towards a break just because my throat is getting dry i'm sorry i don't know what's going on with me is there like fall allergy season already i don't think well, there is we're also doing this recording at a very um unique time of the day and we're normally um afternoon recorders but we we decided to do a 9 a.m recording because we have family obligations on this lovely holiday weekend and hopefully and the sun comes out. doesn't look very promising. Jesus. I think it's supposed to be decent, but cloudy and some sprinkles, yeah. hopefully. But what a yeah, day so, yesterday, man. Jesus. Yeah. We're getting about half to the halfway point, though. So I think maybe we'll do one more and then just take our break real quick sure. and yeah. jump back in after we uh, hear from good old Bruce. Um, yes. But Zidane Chara, Pittsburgh Penguin, uh, the rumor was around last year, uh, well, before he signed with the Capitals. I don't know. All the seasons are confused in my head because they haven't been played in their normal seasons. But uh, now it's back. Uh, I think it popped up but maybe like three or four days ago again about the potential of him wearing a different black and gold. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Obviously, uh, Zidane wants to keep it going. He's a, he's a guy that prides himself on um, you know, a, a high work ethic, and and it's a very much appreciated, especially when he was a member of the Boston Bruins. But you know, there's nothing wrong with try, wanting to continue your career. And if the if the Pittsburgh Penguins are interested in um, in Z services, um, then you know, good on him and so on. But um, it's it's kind of weird when you think about this rumor because uh, Chara will be playing in his 24th season. It's 14 years in Boston. Um, he's got 207 goals, uh, 400, 459 points, 666 
uh, points. I'm sorry, 459 assists and 666 uh, points and 1,608 NHL games. Uh, a lifetime uh, plus 293 uh, plus minus rating. Um, it's kind of weird when you think about this because I don't believe he can beat out first pairing left side defenseman Ryan Dumoulin or left side second pairing Michael uh, Matheson or even third pairing left side defenseman uh, Marcus Pedersen. Uh, Dumoulin makes 4.1 million, two full seasons left. Pedersen makes 4 million, four full seasons left. And Matheson makes 4.8 million and five full seasons left. So I don't, I don't know where uh, he fits. And would Z, like in Boston, when he was approached by Don Sweeney and management, uh, when they said, uh, we want to keep you for another year, but your minutes, your role is going to be diminished. You're probably going to be, uh, you know, that seventh, eighth defenseman that's going to be in our rotation. He didn't want to do that. So I don't see this being a fit for Z in, in Pittsburgh just for that, you know, because he's a very proud uh, person. Yeah wants to continue his career and, and still believes he plays at a high level, but I don't think he's going to want to take a back seat and be a rotational guy. So I don't see how this is going to fit, to be honest with you. Well, it's interesting because it makes you feel like, did Sidney Crosby say, you know what? I think we should explore the Dano Trout. Cause I feel like Sidney Crosby rules the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> like I know they've yeah. had GMs and I'm not saying that, but I just feel like if Sidney Crosby had a dream that Zidane Chara was his teammate <laughs> one time and said, I think we should get a Zidane Chara in here. Or maybe it speaks to them even looking for a leadership role. But I do think, though, the situation in Boston was different because he had been the captain of this team for 14 fucking years. You know what I mean? And now he's being called in the office to be like, we're going to give you a rotating seventh, eighth defense. And I can see why in Boston that made him mad. And he did have a good year in Washington. You know what I mean? Like he still played 20 something minutes on most nights when he was in the lineup. He didn't play every night, but he did still play a chunk of the games. It's not like he got that and rotated in and out on like five games or whatever. I mean, in the 56 game season, he did play a good amount of time. Um, there was a few times, even when we played them, that I was like, wow, he's got a little pep back in a step. He's in beast mode. Cause it's playoffs. You know what I mean? Like he's back. Yeah. yeah your and legs I are a little tired. It was like, remember when Yager was here and it's like, for the first 30 seconds, he'd be on the ice. You're like, damn, Yarmir Yager, 1991. And then the last 30 seconds, you're like, oh, Yarmir Yager, you know, yeah. 2081. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's different if they ask him to go into that role. But I do agree with you. Him and Joe Thornton are the type of players, as long as they can meaningfully move around, they will have a place somewhere until they choose to not be here out of respect. Because they are in the history of the NHL, two of the best players that have ever played in, uh, I think, season that. But for me, it's like Pittsburgh must be looking for something, even if it is the eighth defenseman. And Z might be fine to ride off into the sunset. Do you know what I mean? Or he might not even do it. He might just go to camp. He doesn't have to sign, right? Because he only no, has the he, one. He can do contract. a PTO, too. Yeah. Uh, another important uh, factor is uh, the Penguins have absolutely no cap space. I'm, I'm serious. Go to puckbedia.com, yeah. folks. They're a fantastic, fantastic website for all your salary cap needs. But if you look, there's a big zero. There's no cap space. So I honestly do not see any roster movement to accommodate uh, the uh, the uh, addition of uh, veteran Zidane Chara. So uh, it's it's it, like as it is right now, it's just a rumor. But you know, and uh, thankfully. 
you know, having him in the league again is not a, it's not a bad thing, but also Mm -hmm. if we were going back on last year's schedule when we were playing Pittsburgh and, and Washington and, and all these teams in our Northeastern um, kind of area, uh, you'd see a lot more as he, but now that the um, the schedule seemingly has been relaxed to uh, uh, pre-pandemic freaking uh, times that we won't see Z that often. So it's really not that much of a big deal if he does decide to play no matter what role he uh, decides to do it in. I, I think it's interesting, like, just to see what happens. I mean, I would love for him to have one more. Because, again, I think that warrior player like that should be able to just skate off to the sunset or limp yeah. off to the sunset or whatever yeah. when you want. And I understand it's hard because, like, yeah, as an athlete, you're like, wow, these guys are getting old. But they're not really that old. But they're still in better condition than some of their oh, you know, counterparts. You know, because they're like robot, like just like yep. – even like, like, again, like a sh- Joe Thornton, everyone says, right. He's first one in first one out. Same thing with the, you know, first one in last one out kind of thing. I don't mean. To say and, and, and to be honest with you, Heather, uh, when Z hangs up his career, I could honestly see him in some type of player development role, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like uh, nutrition and, um, and uh, body strength. You know, that's a very, very uh intelligent person to lean on for important information in that type of um, characteristics of being a pro, you know? So, um, I mean, whether it be in Boston or another organization, I'm sure he'll get picked up sooner. Or later. I think he's a future GM. He has, yeah, a big, possibly, yeah. he has a big brain. He speaks yeah. like many languages. He has like business degrees and this and that, like that's what he does when he's on the road. He just Can you imagine if he was angry? I mean, can you imagine if he was the Cam Neely throwing a water bottle? Like, he's picking up a fucking chair and throwing it across the room. Zidane Chara is scary even when he's happy. Just like that beast. Like, I just love that dude. Oh, God. But, um, and that being said, I'm not like, oh, let's bring Chara back or whatever. No, I know. I know. I just mean, we would, we'd like to wish him continued success. It would be weird to see him in a Pittsburgh Penguins. I would prefer if Z could go like out west, so I didn't have to think about him being well, on is, another team because that does is bother me. The thing is, is it's heavy. His decision is heavy on the premises of he wants to stay on the East Coast near his family. That's one of the yeah. reasons why no, he went to Washington because it's a it's not that bad of a commute to see your mm-hmm. family. So if he went out west and the family didn't want to move with him, it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a hindrance on the on the family time. But um, yeah, so I mean, no, I best of luck it, on his decision, and and if it happens, it happens. But you know, I mean, one more year and kind of that, um, that like going away tour is that what is that what you could say? The farewell you know? tour. Yeah, farewell tour. I mean, wouldn't be out of the out of the uh, the realm of options. So, uh, I, best of luck to him and family. I was thinking, no, because he his family stayed in Boston, and last year actually worked out perfect for him because he played in Boston. Like we played them so much, so they were in, yeah. you know. So that really was a perfect scenario for him. And by all accounts, the boys in Washington loved him. Like they were pumped to have Zidane Chara there with them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're although they're like little TikToks were popping up, and just like, can I use your stick? I mean, yeah, sure. Like just little things like that. Like he is a living legend, and I, yeah, just an- another inspirational leader yeah, on, on a like line. He- up full of freaking, you know leaders um yeah but i was thinking do you think that and i don't know if this would happen but you know how uh i, I was thinking this thinking of him in the other black and gold 
You know, sometimes players sign one, like Cam Ward signed one day just so he could retire. And Caroline, do you, do you think that I, I think that's what's going to happen with the day when he decides to retire, I think it'll be a one year, I mean, a one day contract to bring him back, back to the black and gold. Do you think that, I think that that might be a situation. How do you, uh, uh, what do you think on that? It's just I a weird see, thought I had. I could definitely see that happening. I, yeah. I, just I, to I, bring him back. To be done, back Papa Bear's back and yep. done, and then he'll be assistant GM or GM. I don't know. We'll see if Sweeney keeps it together this year and doesn't get his him and nearly don't get their asses on the hot seat this year. Uh, but again, exactly. just like we want to see the product on the ice, we want to see how everything's panning out with production out on that end too. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I always think of him as like a GM. He just feel like he's a good kind of. I'm authoritative and smart. He's, and can I you know imagine how to contract business. negotiations with a guy like that? <laughs> you I, will I'll take consider. a team-friendly deal. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you understand what a team-friendly deal is. I don't know why yeah. my Czech accent sounds like a French one. That was weird. Okay. Um, I think it's time to pause for our friend Bruce Sullivan and tell yes. us about some of his awesome stuff going on. Absolutely. It is the um, the mid-show uh, commercial where we hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Check him out. Go to the Facebook page. Go to his Facebook group uh, and uh, uh, be a part of both because he gives away um, weekly prizes, uh, hand-signed items uh, from all the professional leagues in Boston. But more notably, He's our supplier for our jersey giveaway during our Patreon uh, monthly jersey giveaways. So uh, let's hear from Bruce, and we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are very proud to have hosted Bruins legend, Hall of Famer and 2011 Stanley Cup champ Mark Recchi to our exclusive signing. Score with a dual-inscribed Recchi jersey for $119 delivered. A JSA-authenticated mini for $99. Or a dual-inscribed photo or puck for $55. We still have a few pieces remaining from our Sean Thornton signing. Grab the last remaining Thornton-inscribed jersey for $99 or a jsa Thornton fight photo for 30. How about Bruins memorabilia from our Andy Moog and Jerry Cheevers signings? Take home an Andy Moog autographed inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey for just $99. A JSA authenticated inscribed puck for $34 or a JSA authenticated photo for just $29. Or take home a Jerry Cheevers dual inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey with two inscriptions, Hall of Fame 85 and Stanley Cup 7072 for just $79. A 1970 Stanley Cup commemorative puck for 35 or a JSA inscribed mask photo for 29 For more information on our dozens of Bruins signings and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page. Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email me directly at Boston Sports and Music at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Mm-hmm. 
All right, we are back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan. Do yourself a favor, folks. Follow through with uh, going to Facebook and, and joining the group of uh, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia and also uh, the Facebook page over there for some fantastic stuff. But also, if you want to um, impress your guests or just uh, impress yourself, there's uh, there's no shame in that at all. I do it all the time. But I contact Bruce Sullivan via the email and ask him what his specials are and what deals he has going on. And he gets right back to you with a list of his inventory of hand-signed items, fully authenticated and all kinds of stuff. And we were giving away a uh, Rick Middleton jersey on September 19th. That's a Sunday this this um, this month. So uh, a lucky Patreon winner will walk away with that. So happy about that but like i said do yourself a favor follow bruce get all the stuff that he knows because it's uh, awesome stuff and uh it's all uh, all fully legit he's got pictures and video of former bruins and current bruins signing stuff away pucks uh pictures uh jerseys all kinds of great stuff so like i said do it just do, do it. it get over there all right Heather, all where right. we going Okay, well, the next thing I suppose is just to mention the other day was an anniversary of Bob Yor signing his first NHL contract in 1966, which seems forever and a day ago, but just goes to prove that over five decades, over half a century, Bob Yor is awesome. So just wanted to bring that little historical fact up you had yeah. mentioned well i i got i got some uh i did a little research on on the uh famous bobby Orr. uh he was a perry sound ontario native signed his first nhl contract on september 2nd uh 1966 as you said uh or was an uplifting gift to the boston bruins uh this week so many years ago uh, the Bruins hadn't won a Stanley Cup since 1941 and hadn't qualified for the postseason since 1959. So there was a, a little bit of a lull in uh, in um, in that, and then during those times. But uh, when Bobby Orr uh, came aboard the team, uh, he seemingly changed uh, history, obviously. But per Wikipedia, Bobby Orr's first contract in 1966 was one of the first NHL contracts in these days. Um, uh, and, and during those times that was negotiated by an agent, sorry for the fumble there. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's pretty cool um, thing that I, I learned. Um, scumbag agent Alan Eagleson, who uh, was Orr's legal advisor, which was a huge mistake. Uh, or Bobby Orr could have been a percentage owner of the Boston Bruins, but scumbag Eagleson criminally steered him clear of that. Uh, getting a deal done with the Chicago Blackhawks where he spent his last two seasons in the NHL playing only 26 games, posting six goals, 21 assists, 27 points. Um, in 10 years with Boston, Bobby Orr had offensive stats of 264 goals, 624 assists, and 888 points and was inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame at the age of 31. The, uh, the Hall of Fame waived their normal three-year waiting period for the arrival of the great Bobby Orr. So uh, love Bob. I love everything he continues to do and uh, a huge ambassador to the game. But I, I, we've said this several times in the past. Um, a player like this just really inspired so many um, people into the game of hockey, especially the young, young kids with, with out, out 
playing street hockey and and reliving the 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 famous goal um you know the stanley cup captivating uh goal that he scored so uh just a definitely changed uh hockey culture him and his teammates in that era changed i think the spirit or reinvigorated the spirit of hockey in new england all day long even today you know what i mean like our even like we were raised like obviously we're alive and Bobby Orr, but like I didn't see Bobby Orr play. You didn't get to see, you know what I mean? So we grew up hearing yeah. about that, and even all the rinks and stuff you guys grew up playing in, they're all built because of exactly what their era did and what they did to reinvigorate an old school franchise with a lot of history and a lot of championship spirit in it. And just yeah, like you said, I mean, it's like almost like a thing you grow up with like you learn eat your prayers say your vitamins you know about the bobby or goal and like that was the thing no i'm, I'm joking just because the whole i love the way you said that eat your Hulk prayers and say your vitamins <laughs> yeah that's what i figure i told you remember i i was joking because remember i said to you earlier about dyslexia my phenomes were all messed up but that's yeah. the joke it was really phonemes but whatever okay so um yeah so we just wanted to mention that um Again, I am not prepared for Steve's question very well, and I will get back to mine. But if you did want to talk a little bit before we get into the NHL stuff, um, I guess the last Bruins-related topic that I can think of this week is if you did want to discuss Steve. Again, I apologize for – I mean, uh, Paul's – see, Paul, I just called – Paul Bannister. Paul yeah. now. Jesus, Paul, sorry. I know you're not Steve. I just, bleh, words are not good so, on Sundays sometimes. So anyways, did you want to talk about the lineup potentially a little bit? That's fine. We can go with it even though I'm not prepared. So last week we did an uh, Ask BNG because uh, news was kind of, you know, not around. So um, we we put out some things and, and Paul Bannister, a uh, faithful listener, a good friend, um, mentioned what our lineups could look like and in my lineup is um uh obviously you're gonna have uh bergeron centering brad marchand and uh david pasternak uh the second line is it's pretty much lining up to be carl uh carly yeah charlie coils uh job at second line center but uh, like he said in a previous interview i believe at the um at the uh jimmy fun drive he said that that's not technically his yet. He's got to earn it. So you'd love to hear that uh, during the offseason and what he could bring, potentially bring to a uh, a new role uh, with some uh, some uh, new players on that line. So uh, Charlie Coyle centering Taylor Hall and obviously Craig Smith. Uh, the third line, I have Eric Holla centering Nick Foligno and Jake DeBrusque. And on um, the fourth line, I actually have uh, Thomas Noshek centering uh, Trent Frederick. And I have Chris Wagner there, but I also uh, – he's pretty much going to be on a short leash uh, this, this upcoming um, uh, training camp. I'm not sure if that right side is going to be uh, his to, 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 you know, own. I think that there's – It's uh, his to lose at this point because that yeah. has been a slot. So in his situation, it's his to lose. So you better step up your game because yep. you're a fourth-line right-winger. And as much as I love you, you know, we just signed a lot of people who are – like Nick Foligno can play all, all points on forward. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> necessary. I mean, for me right like now, that. that spot would obviously probably go to like Curtis Lazar. That's how yeah. – that's how on the edge, uh, on like uh, the fine line of uh, where Chris Wagner is on this Russell Bruins lineup. 
But uh, you know, obviously, hopefully everything works out. There's op- there's opportunities for uh, Wagner to go. You can be demoted down to Providence, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you, you'll get your NHL money down there. But you know, you free up a roster spot up here. But I don't I don't see Wags um, being um, a, a regular in this lineup this upcoming season, I'm, unless he blows management away, absolutely blows uh, Bruce uh, Cassidy, head coach, away with uh, his off as um, preseason um, training. But um, like I said, I, I think Curtis Lazar is going to have that uh, going to the uh, defensive pairings. Um, I have, believe it or not, I, I'm kind of on board with the whole idea of Charlie McAvoy and Derek Forbert. Um, and no, that's not really sitting well with a lot of Bruins fans, but, um, but I do like the pairing, uh, the second line pairing of Matt Grizzlick and Brandon Carlo. I've been a real fan of, of that line. Uh, the, the third pairing, uh, is going to be a little different. You're obviously going to have Mike Riley and, uh, Connor Clifton in the mix too. Um, Jakobs Borrell. Um, so who knows what's going to happen with that defensive pairing you know what's funny is i was doing some stats stats yesterday i was reading uh actually the hockey news i got their yearbook um uh the Boston bruins were 14th in the league last season with a 2.93 game uh points per game and the defense believe it or not when everybody says the defense was terrible last year and they needed to get huge upgrades it was defense, mediocre yeah, the defense, the defense and the goals against was um was fourth, ranked fourth in the league, which I was really surprised about. So, but those are That's also cool. numbers that are derived by goaltending, and you know, it's more of less, it's more of less uh, team defense, not yeah. just you know strictly defensemen, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what so, I mean, because Patrice Bergeron is a huge part of that number too. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not a defenseman. I, I, honestly, I don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. I honestly don't see uh, a player like Yako. Um, sorry, Yerho Vakaninen cracking the lineup. I think he's going to spend another year in Providence. Um, but I think we're getting ready to package him in a deal. That's what I don't I'm think, thinking too. I don't. I don't know. When I first saw Yerho, I was like, "This dude is a fucking giant. <laughs> he's a giant." Yeah. And I Everything just fell apart after he got that that fucking um, brain, you know, the concussion and so on. Just I don't know what well, happened to him. And I feel like he's just kind of getting like we talked about. There are some perfectly fine potential forwards that are getting lost in the shuffle because there's not enough space for them or just people around them have gotten better, you know, things like that. And I feel like that's it. Like Yarrow not because he's not a good player, but can't keep pace for the path towards the NHL the way some of the other kids are. You know what I mean? Um, I'm having, I do have, like I said, I haven't really got to think about it. So I'm just going to bounce off you. I don't, I have this weird thing of, I know Fulbert is not a third pairing D necessarily. He's like a solid second pairing D. Okay. He could play top pair, but whatever. You know, I, I love the Grizzlick-McAvoy thing, but I don't hate, obviously, Grizzlick and Carlo. That's what how it's kind of been, you know? But I can't decide what to do with Fobert. Like, obviously, I need him there. Do I want... Do I prefer to have Zaboro with, like, Brandon Carlo because he's more of a quicker and defenseman thinking? So he has, like I said, I do like the balance of having a bigger defenseman 
paired with one of the quicker moving. I mean, Zaboro's not a tiny kid. I don't mean it like that, but you know, like the fast moving puck moving defenseman. But would I rather have Fober because he's more experienced and kind of well-rounded go down and play on the third pair with Connor Clifton or just him and Mike Riley kind of be a good solid third kind of hit you hard and yeah. get you some points every now and then. I don't know. I, I, is that weird? Am I sounding crazy on that? Cause I just, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm demoting him, but I'm also trying to give Connor Clifton and Zaboral and them to have the best right. situation but, to continue growing. But what you're also touching on Heather is the, is the forever, um, pairing of a smaller defenseman with a bigger defenseman you know right. somebody that's going to be a shutdown and then another and then a line mate that can uh transition um well and you know so uh it's going to be interesting on how everything works out on the defensive pairings uh coming out of training camp and what bruce cassidy sees likes uh moving forward so i I'm, think that's I'm, what it is too we have to see more of what they look yeah. like because like i don't i know who Derek is but i He's not been on it near me where I'm seeing him all the time. Like you can say, oh, I'm, right. you know, like I'm not a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, but I'm an Eastern Conference girl. So like yeah. if you point to me, Chris Letang, I can tell you all sorts of shit I've seen or whatever from him. But like, so for me, I think it's like, I maybe it is, I just need to get a visual on what they look like, you know, putting these different oh, pairings together. Makes total but sense. I just... I, I feel weird with forward though, because like if he was on the third line, he could serve as the puck moving defenseman, even though he is a bigger guy. He's not like a Charlie uh, McAvoy. I'm not saying that, but that more like rounded defenseman. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do on that, but it's the same thing with Eric Halla, right? Because I like him. I think he has a lot of good upside and I think his skill set is good for our system, but like, I don't think he's the second line center, obviously. I think that's Charlie Coyles to lose to maybe him or Jack Signica. No, I'm just kidding. I just like to say that because everyone just um but putting him on the third line seems almost like a I don't want to say a waste of talents, but like maybe he has a high I don't know. I don't know what to do with him, but I, I think we just need to see. It's confusing because we have had a lot of fresh blood come in. Second line center will work itself out, but I'm more concerned of what this fourth line, you know, like you said, like what if Wagner does come out swinging, right? And we already had Lazar, which we know works it well in our system. I like that you have Jake DeBrusque in your lineup because I'm, I'm in on keeping Jakey around until November, at least to see, Kenny bounce back. Kenny gets DeBrusque pep in a step. I mean, the boys like him. You know, he's a good teammate. And maybe they put too much time and energy in him to not give him at least till Thanksgiving break to see yeah. if he no, can I, turn I, his shit around. Like you said, if he can get a nutritionist and get in and buy in. Because, there again, we don't know what parts are mental health versus personal inability to control oneself. You know, these are kids that have been structured their whole lives, right, since they were like 14 years old. They've been elite. So like they have people who this is what your schedule is. This is what you're doing. This is what you, you know, and sometimes they have a hard time regulating themselves. You know, uh, it seems ironic when you're kids that go and play some of them, you know, move a thousand miles away from home and live in strangers houses that are nice enough to make sure they're getting to their teams. They get selected for and things like that as billets. But like, really, I do think mental health wise did not help Jake DeBrusque because if you get in your head mentally, it's not hard to think like go from 
I know I'm playing shitty to like, oh my God, everyone hates me. And you go like down a dark rabbit hole. So if someone is feeling depressed or anxious or whatever kind of thing, it gets aggravated in your own head too at times when, especially if you see like these, this generation was raised on the internet. So as much as you want to say, stay off of social media, don't look at what the press says, this and that, it's hard to not do that because we're so connected today that you open up your phone and like shit pops up at you to tell you notifications, things and stuff. You know? Right. So, I don't know, but I like that you haven't given up on Jake DeBrus because you've always been a big nope. advocate of him and I know he's a hot button player. I don't know. I just feel like now it's confusing to me because everyone's been bitching like the Stadnikas and people and Fredericks of the world haven't gotten their chance, right? I don't know. I was thinking, I don't know, maybe I might even be in on letting Trent Frederick center the the thir- the fourth line to give him more experience, but give more room for the wingers where like, I'd rather have Hall on a wing, you know, if you had to or yeah. whatever. I don't know. That's just- my, my whole thing about that is what do you do with Thomas Nostrick? I mean, it, it, can I he know. be that? Can he be that type of player that um, can move around uh, with some, um, you know, positional versatility? And as I'm looking right now, he d- can play the left side or he has played the left side in the past. So, Well, the people we picked up this, especially the ones that we picked, I, players, I should say, that we picked up. Come on, Heather, you can do it. Get through this podcast. The players we picked up this summer, a lot of them are versatile. They play center and a wing. Uh, Felino plays all three all three yeah and uh you know which is the same reason why I love someone like David Backus because like someone who can really if you go you know what I need you on the right can just transition and be all right not like Coyle can play right D and center but he doesn't transition so well when you put him on the right side sometimes (laughs) although he did look better near the end of this season but I don't know also like I said Oh, Mark, seventh player award. Watch it. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I'm not prepared. I didn't have enough to really like kind of like write down a couple combos till my brain clicked on it. But that's just kind of bouncing off of what you were saying. But okay. maybe we can get back into it next week before they actually have camp and we can see them yeah. work out on that. Okay, we're going to move on because I got to get going soon to a cookout. I'm so happy to do something that isn't go to work. Is that sad? Yeah, yeah right. That's, it is late. That's day. my life. But... You said it last week, but this week it became really true. The NHL players are going to the Olympics. Woo, woo. That's where all the COVID will happen, baby. But it will be yeah. worth it if America brings home the gold, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah won't the NHL will have that. But, um, yes, exciting. We're really going. And I really think we have a good chance to win the gold. I say that every time because I'm USA, USA. You can't, you know. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good. It's good for the players. Uh, you know, obviously – you know, representing your country is, is, you know, uh, the top of the echelon. I, I'm, I'm fumbling words here, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for that. I just hope it works out because obviously they're, they're, you know, optis, optimistically moving forward with what is going to happen with the things worldwide, especially over in Asia and so on. So um, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer on that and, and poo poo the whole idea yet, but you still have to have that in the back of your head that anything could happen. So, um, but, but obviously they have a deal in place and, you know, and they'll move forward, you know, accordingly, but, uh, I'm excited to see, um, you know, players back involved 
And I, uh, guys, how long has it been since um since the we've had uh, at least one cycle? Yeah, so four years, right? Or is it at least? Yeah, yeah. It so, might have even been the last two cycles. I've lost track. I'm trying to think, we were in Russia. They were in Russia. When was that? 2018. Yeah. Yes, I, I don't remember. No, 2018 would have been the last one. So it must have been 2014 in Sochi. Sochi, yep, okay. I think that was the last year. I, I don't know that to be sure. Don't quote me, people. I'm not trying to be an ex expert. It's just off the top of my head. I think that was the last time. But obviously okay. bo obviously, Boston Bruins that are going to be involved are um, Brad Marchand and, and Patrice Bergeron. David yeah, Pastor, they play with Crosby. Who knows? Who knows about Tugarask if he if if um he wants to use that rest, um to to continue his rehab uh, after his hip surgery and um you know it's downtime. But he, I mean, there's a good possibility he could play for Finland and be the starting goaltender. But uh, let's not get bronze it. medalist. Yeah, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But that is an option. But um, anybody else in the Boston Bruins? Um, I mean, could Charlie McAvoy? Uh, be uh, Team he USA could, defenseman? He might, but there might be enough too many veterans that will might get, you know, because some of yeah. the selection is based on name thing. I'm trying to think. We used to have such an international core, but um, I don't know, maybe Allmark might make this team. Sure. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Awkward! No, I'm just yeah, right. <laughs> on there. I don't know. We used to always have Jeremy thing. We have mostly American and Canadian kids now, I think. And, uh, few foreigners swedes maybe I, I don't know what the like state overall if you look at sweden's team league or whatever but there could be a chance but definitely brad marshawn and will be there pasternak will be there for the czech republic you know that maybe david probably, maybe david probably, will be there for the czech republic and they can i would probably say jacobs borrow could probably be a uh, a member of the czech republic too like a bottom pairing yeah. who knows Slova, we no. Do we have any Slovakians? I sometimes um, I don't mean to ignorant in my head just because I'm I'm old. I think I can't re sometimes remember when a player's Czech or Slovakian. I know that's ignorant because Czechs and Slovakians are two different countries. But okay, so the big thing this week was the NHL protocols are out and they are not effing around about if you are an unvaccinated player. We can't make you get the vaccine. You're right. You are a free human living in a free society in the Western world. But we can penalize the shit out of you if you don't comply. Um, any initial thoughts over I, just some of the things our players who aren't vaccinated will only be able to go to their team hotel practice facility and area while uh, unable to use the area such as bars, restaurants or whatever. Basically, you go to your room, you go to the arenas or whatever, and you go back. You'll not be able to have teammates or visitors at the hotel. You'll not be you. OK, the teams can punish their own players, suspend them, whatever, if they come up positive. And if they can't fulfill their duties, like if you can't go to the Boston Children's Hospital thing that you have to do as part of your job, then you get penalized, things like that. But this, that's just general. You guys can all look at it. I mean, it's easy to look up if you really want to get into. But I love the unvaccinated players lose one day's pay for each day they miss through the league. 
though the league will make exemptions for players who do not take the vaccine due to religious and medical reasons, which is obviously the reasonable thing to do because there are some religions, you know, like you, I, I don't think you should be punished just because you have a certain religious belief. But if you're just like the, I'm choosing it for my own thing and people will go, the government can't make you do things. Nope. But this is a capitalist country and capitalist in a capitalist country businesses are free entities that make their own rules within law. So exactly. your boss, anybody's boss can actually well, within the laws of their place, tell you what to do. Sorry. If you, if you look at the numbers and the active response on this topic, believe it or not, uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, when it was kind of brought up, it, uh, the league was 85% vaccinated. Mm. And uh, with the, with the, the rumors of players losing money and let's face it, players love money you know um that number rose up to 95 percent most recently of players in the nhl that have been vaccinated so and nobody wants to lose a, a paycheck nobody wants to lose any dollars off of their contract and so on for for this so uh the response is seem seems to be uh, an ongoing thing that they want to you know be more involved obviously and you know, you are going to have those situations where some people feel uncomfortable, regardless of what reason. But the numbers are getting higher, and there's a better response that people, uh, players, are buying in league wide to, um, you know, to get this done. So, um, you know, I just hopefully nothing screws it up. You know, moving forward. Well, this what I like about this is it puts a lot of um, responsibility on the individual player. Like we've yeah. been playing this game for almost two years. You know the fucking deal. Like, like remember last year the Russians kept getting in Washington kept getting in trouble because they're like, I don't understand. Like I've had it, whatever. I'm just hanging out with my buddies. Like they're like this. This is yeah, dumb. I, I get that. Blowing, but now blowing you, lines with freaking Kuznetsov. Right, and if you well, you know, I mean, if you can't hang out at the bar, sometimes you got to do lines in your room. What's the big deal? <laughs> Every player in the '80s was snorting cocaine in their room. Why? Just because I was born twenty years too late? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it puts a lot of responsibility on the individual player. What I like, and I think I like it gives the 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 teams protection against the I'm the jerk. The NHL says I can suspend you, and like. Especially if you are, I mean, if you're a dumpster fire team, like whatever, like people in Buffalo, players in Buffalo are going to pretend they have COVID. They'll figure out how to like get positive just to not have to be there. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I'm sorry. Buffalo, players Buffalo, New Buff York. Buffalo, New York, Buffalo. I love you. Players in Buffalo remind me of um, um, Happy Gilmore, the movie. <laughs> you remember when the crazy lady jumped on this car? It's like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That reminds me of Buffalo. But my thing is, I think that is the important thing to remember those. Most of the league actually has taken the vaccination uh, staff, you know, whoever, blah, blah, blah. Like when they say the league, they mean players, staff, coaches, whatever. I bet that the Olympics is probably going to have the Olympic committee probably has a rule that you have to be vaccinated and unless it's an exemption, you know, for the same said reasons. So that might push some players that if they're not, if their Olympic teams are requiring it, you know, to do it or whatever, but to, not to jump back to the Olympics real quick, but this, uh, it was Sochi was the last time they were there. Uh, but, this was interesting. I didn't even think of it this that this this will mark the debut of the league some of the league's best players as Olympics stars. 
The Edmonton Oilers are sending, you know, Connor McDavid, Pasternak from the Czech Republic, and Austin Matthews from the States. It's weird to think some of these kids have never even, they're some of the best players in the world and they've never got to. So that'll be good for them. So like, see another reason I'm happy they're going because why should Pasta, Austin, and Connor not represent Connor McDavid all day long should be Team Canada. Like, I don't right. know. Oh, yeah, that, it'll be interesting to see. Like, you know, Dry Saddle will be there for Jeremy. I just think it's more excited when the big name people are all at the Olympics. But as to get back to the COVID protocols, they're not messing around. Like, you cannot look at anybody, basically. Like, you move through here, there, there. So if you didn't like the bubble and you hated your life in the bubble, don't create a situation where you have to be in the bubble. Know what I mean? Don't be the guy that can't go to the team dinner and have fun with his buddies because they're actually letting them do those things this year. Obviously, as of now, we don't know what will happen if things start ticking up or whatever. They might have to amend it. But I don't know. I just don't see the reasoning. Like, I don't, I personally am too poor to just not get paid my $75,000 for that day's work or whatever <laughs> a lower end player would even be getting. You know, I mean, I'm just saying if like Sydney, uh, whatever, if Connor McDavid refused to get vaccinated, I don't know he has. I'm not saying he has. He's probably vaccinated. I don't know. I'm not Connor McDavid and I don't believe I need to know his health records. Only him his doctor, his team as necessary and whatever else. But if he refuses to play one day, like that's a lot of money that that yeah. dude is not making on that day. Right. He's an example or an Austin Matthews or whatever. Uh, but I definitely, definitely think it'll be exciting. And I definitely am going to put my faith that the players will do the right thing, except for maybe certain players of certain countries, Russians, that like to do whatever they want because they're gangsters all day long and they just don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, they really don't. Um, yeah, but they're not. I'm happy to see they're being very strict. <laughs> I like right. it. Company flex in their power. That's it. All right. Well, I think we're pretty much wrapped up, except for the one more thing. Uh, those were all the big things that we we're going to talk about, but because. I am a bigger person than some. Uh, I am going to say congratulations to Team Canada, the women at the Worlds, for winning in a barn burner, uh, beat Team USA for the gold medal. But I just want to say congratulations to you. And also congratulations to the Arizona Coyotes for putting a bid in, in Tempe and maybe an attempt to get a new arena and save their franchise and keep it in Arizona. Because yeah. Arizona does have fans, and they shouldn't have to lose their team just because the management and whoever else sucks at running the team you know yep that's it uh yeah congrats on uh to team canada i i watched that game but i could not stay awake for the overtime and so uh but the tournament was fantastic um the city of calgary put on a really good uh uh festive tournament and i'm um, mm -hmm. glad that they got it got it done and um you know unfortunately our our home team usa came up a little short but uh you really cannot um cannot say anything uh, about the effort that these ladies put in uh, mm -hmm. year and year. I mean, I, I believe this was the first time in five years that the U.S. didn't win gold. Yeah, they had won the last five Women's Worlds. So, so that's, but, that's something that's something to be proud of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, they, and touch, the North American touching, touching on the Arizona thing, uh, it's that, that's a, just a shit show. But uh, believe it or not, that is a it is a top five market when it comes to, um, you know, sports and so on. So 
Um, you, Gary Bettman's going to do his best to keep that that pony uh, alive and well. Um, and I'm still weirded out by the fact that they uh, the Arizona Coyotes are moving to the Central D- Division, uh, which kind of opened my speculation up to the possible um, relocation to a, a place like. Um, um, Ah, uh, Houston, Houston. Yes. Yes. So, uh, we'll see what, what happens with that, but, um, obviously it's a remains to be seen thing, but who knows? I see with Arizona, I think this is a good move for them because part of the complaint with Arizona is just like in Florida, like the arena is just like kind of in the middle of nowhere and the NHL needs to keep it in the part of the reason they, when they were fighting to get Vegas in there is the natural rivalry of certain cities in that region. And if you send them to Houston, you disrupt that natural rivalry. And then you, I mean, I'm sure that would be great versus Dallas or whatever, you know what I mean? Like for that, but for uh, the markets outside of actual Texas, maybe not as exciting as Phoenix or whatever, but um, hopefully they can, because I, I don't know, like, I feel bad again. It's like Buffalo fans. I feel bad for Coyotes fans. Cause I know there are some, there are real Coyotes fans out there. You know what I mean? Like you said, they're pretty good market like that. They just have not. And the league has already saved this team once. They cannot do it again. The league is also poor right now because they've had all their revenue slashed. So I don't know here. Shout out to that, but that's all we have right now. So I guess I'll end on my side by saying what I always say, make sure you go to the black and gold hockey rate and review all the lovely podcasts. Uh, Listen to the back catalog, read all the awesome stuff, go on the YouTube, look at all the awesome contents from the black and gold family and uh, happy Labor Day weekend. And uh, I think that's it for my end. So Mark, take us home, my friend. Yes. I uh, do want to mention we do have a Patreon account going on campaign, I meant to say, but um, we're giving away this hand signed uh, Rick Middleton jersey, uh, fully authenticated and uh, all stitched. Very well uh, done piece of uh, threads right here. And it all, could all be yours for just a dollar, folks. So if you go to the um, the website below, patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast, and uh, donate just $1 per episode. Uh, as I always say, we use half of your dollar to um, to pay the bills here at, at the BNG uh, Sports Media Company, but we also use the other half to uh, recycle and get more stuff for folks um, uh, to win that are, are, are eligible um, and uh, Patreon supporters. So go to the website, drop a dollar per episode. We, we do four episodes a month, possibly a little more. So it's not that much of an investment. Shout out to Dale Lind uh, for coming on and um, being a $2 Patreon member. So uh, that was awesome of him. And uh, we're doing good with the, with the whole monthly income. So uh, we want to give away good stuff. We give away, Bruins related items every week and um, and uh, a hand signed jersey every month. So get involved, help us out. We truly appreciate it. Uh, yeah. This week's winner is Cody Stevens. Cody is a uh, really longtime listener, supporter, and so on. And uh, we truly appreciate his contribution. So I will be getting with Cody about sending him uh, probably a hand signed puck from a former Boston Bruins member. 
Congratulations, Cody. And thank you to Dale and all our Patreon supporters for helping us. Uh, I don't know, make Mark's editing life a nightmare on some days. <laughs> Hope this turns out better than in my own mind it is right now. But no, really, we really do appreciate all the support, not just for yeah. us, but for the black and gold team. And uh, thank you for following and uh, sharing about our podcast. And uh, yeah, that's Absolutely. it. Sunday, Labor Day weekend. Woo-hoo. All right. Yeah. So episode 243 is now in the books. We want to say thank you very much for everybody for listening, the contributions financially or just sharing or retweeting the program. Um, you guys are absolutely amazing people. So um, take this opportunity to uh, celebrate Labor Day with your family and friends and uh, do it responsibly. Like I said earlier, uh, get an Uber or a Lyft. But um uh, with that being said, Heather, thank you very much for doing this early program, getting it done. Um, thank you for being adaptable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We worked out well, pretty well. Uh, hopefully you have a good day with your family and, and friends at the cookout. So um, uh, that being said, I'm Mark Allred. Here's Heather Ingerson. I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to go back to my couch, probably take a nap before I edit this. But um, regardless, uh, hopefully everybody have a safe and happy holiday and upcoming week. But uh, we'll be back next week for more Boston Bruins Hockey Talk. So stay tuned and uh, peace out. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.